the draft. I forgot to <laughs> take the flipping thing off. Anyway, hello and welcome to the uh, Vesting Headlines WWE Draft Review of Fortnite 2. We'll go over that, the whole draft and everything. How was it this year? Was it any good? Ugh. Anyway, hello and welcome. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube, also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to vestingheadlines.net for all your latest wrestling news. And how was the 2021 WWE Draft? Eh, it was fine. <laughs> People getting organised into column red or column blue. Why would I find that exciting? <laughs> it's like, whilst not like not really changing anything so that they can carry on storylines through Crown Jewel, like a draft that doesn't take effect until three weeks later. As for why, <laughs> why not just wait three weeks? So like, they did this delivery last year, and I called it boring then, and I do the same here tonight. Like just officials putting like Adam Pearce opening an envelope, and we're going, oh, oh, that's interesting. For every single <laughs> one. It's just, yeah, like, yeah. Officials pulling faces as they read names off of cards is not an entertaining way to pull off a draft. <laughs> it's one of the least exciting ways to deliver a wrestling draft. A wrestling draft. It's <laughs> just, yeah. Like, none of those, like, surprise entrances, like the classic that keep replaying in John Cena's music hitting as Chris Jericho goes, Who's coming by? Who's going to come down? Who's it going to be? And it's WWE Champion uh, John Cena. The crowd goes crazy for it. There's none of that. None of that anticipation or excitement. Or beatdowns, like a, a stable beatdown announcing their return on a certain show. Like a, an arrival in style. I guess the closest we got was Becky coming out on Raw and saying, oh, I'm going to beat the punch here and I'm going to say that I'm on Raw now. Hey, which makes perfect sense until you think about it for just a second <laughs> just immediate just thought into my head it's like well how does she know when none of the other wrestlers know because whenever they revealed a name for a lot of them they showed them backstage going oh yes i got onto that show like, but why does becky know <laughs> it's just uh, you've it's a it's a little in-universe thing you've created there and just for some reason others are fine <laughs> it's like and yes yes in the chat yes it was okay yeah, yeah, just changing colour. Why would I be excited about someone now wrestling with the red ropes? So, uh, there's no story reason for me to get excited. Like, one example. What if, for example, this draft happened after Crown Jewel? You've just done Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. You've got that finished. Then, on the draft, Roman Reigns is talking about destroying whoever, Brock Lesnar according to Crown Jewel. And then somebody's music hit sets up a feud of Roman Reigns. Infinitely more exciting. Yes, it's close to Survivor Series, but it's close to Survivor Series anyway. Who cares <laughs> at this point? <laughs> it's like you. It's it's not go like two week, two or three weeks difference from now to Survivor Series isn't going to change my mind that these people are so loyal to this brand. Like it's not going to change my mind. It didn't last year. <laughs> it's not going to this year. So I don't see the pain in it. But I mean, last to be fair, the only pain could be what if what happened a few years ago happens again and they didn't even have the people there for it. That's an outside circumstance thing. But this is such a boring way to do it and all of the excitement is generated by the commentators because the crowd don't care. Well, I say don't care. They gave some reaction, but by the end of the show, you started to hear the heckles. They were bored. They were bored by the draft. <laughs> it just meant to be this, like excitement generating machine we're going to freshen up the entire show isn't that exciting 
And then in the final round of picks, the crowd are heckling the people who are reading off the names. Like, that is bad. <laughs> in terms of trying to keep the draft exciting, exciting refresh for the, for the show, they don't, the crowd didn't care. They weren't invested when the officials came out and they were giving their speeches. That should tell you absolutely everything. In terms of the format of this, it clearly isn't exciting to watch. It's just two officials saying this wrestler is in the red column. Oh, well, this one's in the blue column. Oh, oh you put that one in the blue column. I put this one in the red column. Oh, oh I'm a taught with the blue column. <laughs> like, why, where's this excitement? It's so boring. <laughs> and that is, to be fair, in terms of a draft, in terms of my review of this roster, my biggest criticism is that it is boring. And that's the last thing you want to be on a wrestling show. Like, uh, Becky Lynch coming out and saying... I'm on Monday Night Raw now, and the crowd go, oh, she's on the red one. Oh, she's on the red one. <laughs> like, they can do that. That is, that for me is fine. It's somewhat exciting. However, makes zero sense in the current format of the draft. <laughs> in other drafts, it made sense because you weren't having officials come out and just read names off a list, and that was meant to be when everybody found out who was being drafted to what place. So it made sense. So it was when, because that bit wasn't there. You're perfectly fine to have surprise music hits persons on this show now, like Becky Lynch did to open the show. But when everybody's meant to be finding out from the officials, including the wrestlers themselves on the show, because you're showing me react to them hearing it, <laughs> when other people just announce that oh they're on here. So yeah, like Apollo Crews later in the show just flat out says, "See, I told you it'd be exciting uh, moving to Monday Night Raw." It's like, did he? Did he get the choice to move? Surely, surely just everybody would pick that choice. <laughs> like, surely everybody. <laughs> Why would you put yourself up for the draft when you could just choose where you would like to go? Surely that's a million times better than put yourself just into the pool of randomness. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. Little things that would be absolutely fine in past drafts without this current format. Um, but because they're trying to make this show exciting, mix it up a little bit. Just do a little thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, just move on. Just don't think about it. Which is the best way to watch Raw. Mainly WWE as a whole, but especially Raw. Because <laughs> there's so much stuff on it which isn't thought thought through. That it, um, you if you poke it just a little bit, it's because it's rushed. When things are rushed, you don't have the time to think things through. So then when somebody's watching it and it's not thinking about, too, about it too much. It's just thinking about it. <laughs> which are two very different things. And we want to like... And for me, that's the difference between Raw and SmackDown. SmackDown, for me to break that apart, quite often needs a little bit of either I just don't like the WWE method of doing it, or I am slightly overthinking it sometimes. Or, for example, too many rematches type of thing. But on Raw, quite often it's just thinking. <laughs> it's enough to break something. <laughs> so there is stuff later which I can which I can praise, which is just like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. Also, yes, good, good, good point on the predictability. For me, the big thing on the predictability is the is is the biggest criticism I had last year. If you remember the twenty twenty draft, where the big takeaway on Twitter was they're just drafting whole ass storylines. <laughs> like, where's the excitement here? <laughs> they drafted Kevin Owens, Alistair Black. They drafted Seth Rollins and the Mysterios. They drafted something else to roll. Common it was. It's like they drafted whole storylines though, but it wasn't just one or two examples. It was when one person went, you knew where the other one was going. Which happened here as well. Uh, or the trade-off, like you've got, uh, I think the Street Profits and the New Day were champions, so one went to Raw, one went to SmackDown on the next show. Exact same situation here with the women. 
uh, SmackDown champion to Raw, Raw champion to SmackDown. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, they're just going to change the colours, aren't they? <laughs> it just screwed it. It messes with the lineage because, oh, by the way, this one's red, the red one now, and this one's the blue one. So when you look at the lineages, it should just change from, oh, this was the SmackDown one, now this is the Raw one. <laughs> it just swaps over. Uh, it, it's got, yeah, it's got to. And the, for me, the other one was the storyline one. So Edge got drafted on Friday, and then today Seth Rollins goes over. It's like, he just drafted a storyline. <laughs> That's not interesting. I don't care <laughs> in, in terms of uh, in terms of you this meaning to be a refresh of the show. Why are you drafting a storyline? That is uh, that is pure. Now they're on the red one. <laughs> it just goes into that. Like, why are you doing a draft if you want to continue your storylines? If your storylines aren't wrapped up, why are you doing a draft now in the middle of storylines? Just time the draft to be at a point that isn't a near your pay-per-view <laughs> it is all about brand loyalty when everyone's just been moved about and b don't do it in the middle of storylines just like pick a point in the calendar where your storylines wrap up i can think of one called wrestlemania there's also the also SummerSlam. that's a, another one or you can move about money in the bank maybe do it before if you move money in the bank into the middle of the summer you can do the draft like early summer late spring there are and then revitalise with money. As in, the point I'm making is, you don't have to pick any of those options, but there are multiple options. This just screams a weird place in the calendar to do this. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. As long as Survivor Series is a brand loyalty show, that it currently is, because you do it so close to it. And my little thing of why are they, why are they doing it now? We've got to wait three weeks. <laughs> that means the excitement just isn't there. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I do need to get into the show, but uh, yeah. Final point on the couples always on the same show, so know who's going to be drafted by that as well. That is actually new this year. They, well, well, maybe not fully this year, but they did used to always split up the couples. It was just a running gag. I think it was even into like the Zelina Vega, Alistair Black that they would always end up a different show. Charlotte Flair, and maybe it's changed with the Flair and Jade era. Where Flair was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch as well. They started ending up on the same shows. Yeah, there was a time where they would always split them up. It was like multiple years in a row. It just became a gag of yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously that was on the different show. In more recent times, yeah, that it's definitely a factor where you know where one is, their partner is going to go there now, which does make the draft a bit more predictable. At least uh, Seth Rollins was a. He got announced, he did a joke, jokey backstage thing and Becky Lynch announced herself. For me, those two were a bit more entertaining, but you still got the boring delivery around it. <laughs> it's just so... Again, if you do that, but you have their music play, you have them appearing in different little places. Uh, that's why Seth, if Seth Rollins appears backstage and does that same promo without the whole... <laughs> he's now in the red column announcement. You take that out, you just have Seth Rollins appear. That's fine. Like That could be exciting enough. I don't mind that type of thing. But to just have, just to boringly just wait. And that's where you start picking apart these little kind of things to it because the delivery is boring. You don't latch onto what they're saying, so you start searching for stuff. That's when you start thinking about it. <laughs> when you're not being entertained, you start picking apart what you're seeing in front of you. And that's what this does. It really, it gives you time to go, well, that doesn't make sense, or, or that's really predictable. Or, you're just waiting for the announcement, <laughs> so you're dwelling on it. You're dwelling on nothing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit uh, 
But actually, it makes sense for me to just go through the show because they sprinkled the dress throughout the show. Uh, at the end, I'll then go through the actual final. There were extra draft picks made, which were just as weird. It, just, it screamed that a lot of this hadn't been thought through. You know, like a lot of it was last minute. And there's so many drafts that are like, why are you doing this? Like, they split up Mason T-Bar. Like, if you don't want them to be a tag team, uh, fine. If you're going to just kill off the last remnants of retribution, I'm perfectly fine with that. You've stopped me from being able to write a word in any of my scripts. I can't write retribution. <laughs> Not, I can't do it anymore. You've ruined that word for me. Uh, but yeah, like, splitting up the other teams, like drafting Veer and Shanky separately. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> Splitting up Shotzi. Uh, Shots, not Shotzi. Shotzi and Knox. Yeah, Jesus, I forgot what Tegan Knox's last name was. Yeah, splitting up Shotzi and Knox when they never got their shot. <laughs> it's also strange. The fact that there is now one women's tag team in the women's tag team divisions and it is the thrown together team of the champions. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. What is this? What is this division? It screams that the belts are going to get scrapped, or you're going to have to just have more thrown-together tag teams in a weird situation. Like, yeah, the women's tag team titles were a good idea to try and push the division forward, but when there's no, when the person actually writing a book in the show has no intention to actually use them or doesn't really care, uh, it's, it's they're not the titles aren't long for the world. And I was like, the effort put into the titles, I've been saying it each week. It's just your basic storylines. Just your most basic stuff on repeat. And you just swap out who's in the story. But it's the same pattern every single time. <laughs> it's like, of course, that doesn't scream that there's effort being put in here. Uh, yeah, We'll see later. We'll see what happens. My prediction, my wild prediction, is this is foreshadowing the end of the women's tag team titles. Which kind of sucks. We'll see what happens after the 22nd of October. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. So... First off, Becky Lynch walks out, just t flat out tells us that she's on Monday Night Raw now, which I guess gets a predictable thing out of the way immediately. You don't dwell on it, you don't hesitate. Immediately, I'm on here now. Personally, with a predictable trade like that, that is good, that's fine. That's a decent way to do it. Obviously, completely destroys <laughs> the logic thing of how does she know, though, when nobody else knows. <laughs> just a little thing. But yeah, she's not happy about having to defend against two women in uh, Saudi Arabia. She, but, hey, she never lost the Raw Women's Championship, so maybe it's uh, time once again to bring back Becky Two Belts. and Which makes the ending of the show not make any sense, but I'll go with it. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about that later. Charlotte Flair, come on down. Uh, she's the Raw Women's Champion. You've been talking about Two Belts. Da -da -da. Uh, she's given, like, the she's the greatest champion heel, blah, to kind of uh, hype up bringing Bianca Belair out. I thought she did pretty well here. She got some of the stronger dialogue. Um... Or did she just deliver it better? That's the question I keep asking. With <laughs> Charlotte is one of the better people at delivering the dialogue given for her to make it sound like it's her character saying it. If that makes and because a lot of the dialogue is just generic stuff, but Flair has a certain way of delivering it that really makes it feel like it's her character that definitely will be saying these certain things. Um, I mean, Lynch is another one. Uh, Bianca's getting there. <laughs> you can feel it like Bianca's miles ahead of Ripley for example you can feel that Bianca definitely is getting there with the bleh meh dialogue given to her making it her own kind of, and making it work uh, she's seeing pros in front of her do it so this will only help her improve in that department uh, Bianca Belair seeing sees their fear showing it on their face when they both laid in cheap shots on her during her match with Sasha on Friday uh, so Becky then starts to stir the pot 
and gets the banker who's already out there with a the motivation and gets Bianca and Charlotte going at each other, stirs the pot and gets them to have a match for reasons which I thought might be apparent, but we'll, I'll get to that later. <laughs> so out comes Sonya and Pierce to set up Belair versus Flair uh, to the main event. Also setting up two rematches. Oh, it's Monday Night Rematch. For first the women's tag team titles and second Priest versus Hardy, which is like immediately after. And Jeff Hardy music plays. Oh, go straight into it. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Um, I will say, in terms of Becky setting up this match, and she was on commentary in the main event as well, just saying, well, why... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, why did I do this? Yeah, I'm setting up... I've set up this match. Say thank you to me for setting up this match, for this match to happen. Because she wants to become Becky Two Belts. So she interferes on the baby face of Bianca... From did it, uh, did, well, if it the title wasn't on the line, so it doesn't really matter who wins. But Becky interfered because it's the logic is Bianca's the babyface, therefore the heel interferes and does the attack type thing. The little warning night on here is every time Becky's been on commentary, that's happened. It's getting to a point of uh, maybe, maybe stop doing that exact booking <laughs> method, that exact line, just hold off a little bit. But as in Becky's own commentary, you know the ending will be what it's going to be. Which is, when it's got to that level of predictability, that means, oh, you've done it too many times, so you can stop now. Doesn't doesn't make the idea bad, you've just done it too much. Which is quite often true with WWE. It's not thing equal bad, it's either overdone or not done well. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. The only thing I can think of is she wanted to attack one of her opponents for the Saudi Arabia match. And that was all the logic, even though she was just talking about Becky two bouts. So Charlotte Flair getting hurt by her, Becky continue to wrestle should also <laughs> make sense, <laughs> possibly. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, we've got our rematches set and stuff. So this was the first round of the draft. You got Becky Lynch, got the Usos, which I'm about to talk about. Bobby Lashley, Sasha Banks. So uh, Sasha Banks is the only one I've got no questions about whatsoever. Becky Lynch, I've already talked about my questions. The Usos. The only reason I've got questions is because they set up an angle on Friday Night Smackdown. Our Roman Reigns pissed that the Usos weren't drafted on the same night he was. Uh, well, Paul Heyman, they're just, they're just in the pot to be drafted on Monday. Reigns making sure that Paul Heyman and the Usos go to Raw to make sure that the Usos are drafted to Smackdown. And he even tells, like, he even tells the Usos after Heyman's gone, like, you... If you, if you do not get drafted to SmackDown, you leave Paul Heyman for dead. Which is, which is a direct quote. So I'm expecting some form of angle. And when they say the Usos name, I wasn't paying... I was writing notes, I was a little bit distracted. I, didn't, I completely forgot the next rhythm was SmackDown. And I was just thinking, the Usos, they said their name. Here we go. This is where you set up the angle. They get drafted to Raw. Or something. Something happens. You've set up an angle, therefore the angle happens. And they just get immediately, first pick, drafted to SmackDown. <laughs> I'm just like, you put so much tension in that angle that was never going anywhere. <laughs> or, over the weekend, changed your minds. Which is, for me, the more like, or just forgot. <laughs> just, I'll just, it'll make it look like they get immediately. Therefore, we can just move that storyline to the side and move on to Friday. It was, it was a bit weird. <laughs> to not capitalise on anything they set up. Just to immediately draft them, show them going, yeah, have a little promo, uh, build up the tensions again for Heyman. It's like, oh, you did this thing perfectly fine, Paul, but what about Brock Lesnar? Hmm. And then they just leave. The tension's still there about the first things. Like, oh, but you sounded so much like you were about to use the draft as a great way to build up tension. And then just immediately, ah, it's fine. We'll just go back to the original thing. 
<laughs> it's a bit weird. A bit weird. Uh, then Raw Bobby Lashley. Why don't you draft the Hurt Business? Just a quick question because they did also draft Alexander and Benjamin. Just a quick question. Is that, oh, can he draft stables? Yes. On the first night, Hit Row were drafted as a stable. That's four people. All from NXT. Four people debuting as a stable. One pick. So why don't you pick stables? Which Another question. We saw so many tag teams split up, even if you have no plans to feature them as a tag team. Why don't you draft the tag team? Because you get more people. You can then split them up anyway. <laughs> it makes in terms of the I guess kayfabe world, world of it's USA and it's Fox they want these people they're, they're the ones making these picks to go to these different places in the world of it so why are they drafting singles people when they can draft a tag team and still split them up but you have more people I don't get it but then why Tamina and not Natalia why Shotzi and not Knox <laughs> it's just a difficult thing to say yeah it doesn't it's a lot of again when it my big point really is when you're delivering like this, I've got time to think like that. <laughs> I start thinking like it when I've got so many questions. When it's delivered so, when it's delivered so boringly, I'm not fully fully engrossed in what you're saying, what you're delivering. So it kind of makes sense that I'd, my brain would start to think about what you're... You're giving me time to think about it. <laughs> Which is like, uh, fine. Anyway, United States Championship, Damien Priest versus Jeff Hardy. The, yeah, Monday Night Rematch. At least it's one I can believe the champion would agree to, given they have shown me on the telly box that Damien Priest has so much respect for Hardy, both verbally and through action. Therefore, when out of nowhere, Jeff Hardy has a United States Championship match, and, uh, and immediately the alarm bells in my head, like, why is Jeff Hardy got a United States Championship match? <laughs> However... Because they've shown me Priest having so much respect for him, to a point of he probably would. Like if Hardy asked, he's probably gonna say yes. You don't need to put much to it. Like in terms of like hierarchy and like contenderships and who should be next in line, it, it, it makes no sense for Jeff Hardy to be number one contender. However, it it gives a it's it's reaching that point of all where they'll put a title match on the line, but it feels like it means nothing. Like they're just trying to. Oh, we've got a title match on. That ups the stakes, doesn't it? Uh, but it, it doesn't, though. You're not giving. You're just, you're just slapping the title on without making me care first. As in, the reason I should care is because of the title, not making me care and it's the title on the line. It's, yeah. A little bit of um, it not being quite in the right kind of format structure. <laughs> anyway, a perfectly fine, if not also perfectly forgettable, <laughs> bit of telly wrestling. Like the majority of this show, if not, except for the final match with the main event, every one of these matches felt rushed. Felt like they were firing as quickly as they could through the spots. Like from first to third act, like you know, like a sudden twist, like a click of a fingers, in a blink, blink of an eye. That's the phrase. <laughs> just so quickly it would switch, and it, it was just every match felt rushed through. Like hardly anyone got any time, and immediately I was just like, oh, they're trying to make room for the draft to give them time to do that. But then I watched the show and no, like every mid-card match was like this. <laughs> and the draft didn't take up that much time. He just got, and that's kind of exemplified by the fact that I do count the number of segments they are just because the way I order this, just to help me separate the different segments, I just number them. It's not a, I've got to count the number of segments to give a criticism. Like no, I happen to be counting them <laughs> just to help me structure the document as I make my notes. But yeah, when you start reaching double figures in terms of the different segments, 
that's when you know there's been a lot of short segments and there were a lot. That's 11 different in-ring segments and the five different times they went to the draft. <laughs> that's a lot of segments. Like, hmm. And it's just, ugh. Also, something like, ugh. The number of times, I think it was three different times on this show, they would have a wrestler come out as like, this is up next. Then after the break, they go to the they go to the draft. So the wrestler's waiting there in the ring for the entire time they're doing the draft. Then they go to the match. Sorry, then the second person makes an entrance. Then they go to the match. Aside from Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke, where Shayna Baszler walked out, it went to the break. When they came back, they did the draft. And both of them were waiting in the ring, all patiently, <laughs> just to start this match. But Baszler's meant to be a badass killer right now. And they just have her and her opponent just just patiently waiting. Just like nice, just like nice, happy people just waiting there to have their little match. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. Anyway, uh, Priest vs. Hardy. Keep, I'm jumping about a little bit. Hardy running momentum in the end, nailing both the Twist of Fate and the Swanton Bomb. But it takes a second, it takes a second just to hold his back. And that's enough for Priest to kick out and warn him up for the win. Uh, yeah, but really, it's about after the match. Because I found the match to be kind of forgettable. Priest goes to the ring, but then Hardy gets interviewed to say goodbye to Raw, even though he's not going for another two weeks. <laughs> Saying goodbye to Mondays. Austin Theory sprints on out, and personally, I really like this. He fanboys all over Jeff Hardy and asks for a selfie. And at this point, I'm like, okay, this is weird. Um, but Jeff goes along with it. But it's a trap! Uh, Theory lamps him down and follows up with a TKO, Taking his own selfie with the downed lads. It's like, okay, that was good. It's making me think it's going to be a bit of a weird... His character could be fanboy character. I wasn't ruling that out. <laughs> but the way that it all played out and everything, by the time it was over, it's like, no, I like that. And that gives us two weeks of Jeff Hardy matches set up perfectly fine. And moves on to something new as well, which is what the draft is meant to be all about. And it, it yeah, it works a lot. For me, this is if you didn't announce Austin Theory, that was fine. Also, a lot of the, quite a few NXT people that got called up got who chance like who who, which also tells you the percentage of people who watch NXT. And me personally, I, I've not watched NXT properly since May. I've watched the odd episode. I, I completely checked out that promotion. Oh, would I be doing takeovers? I don't even know if they're doing takeovers anymore. <laughs> if they are, probably not. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna digress. Move off that. So. After that, we went to the break. We came back. Both, this is Shayna Baszler's entrance. And this is the bit where both Dana Brooke and Shayna Baszler, it turns out, were waiting in the ring the entire time. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so, with both of those people in the ring, it's round two of the draft. Seth Rollins, which I praised earlier because he then got an interview talking to the referee. He said the word shit. Just, it, it, and he just said it mid-sentence. I was like, I'm so proud of you, Seth. <laughs> he didn't do it like AW, where he's like, you're a piece of shit. It's like, and the crowd goes, oh my God, he's saying a swear. It's like, no, he just said it mid-flow of a sentence. <laughs> it's like, Wait. and as a British person, I just have to applause that. <laughs> it's like, yes, it's, it's how we like to do it. Next, you've got to work it into a word. <laughs> but so far, yeah, so far, so good. Uh, then Smackers drafted King Nakamura with Rick Boogs. Raw, Damien Priest, so that's both big card champions staying on the same show. Fine. And then Smackers, Sheamus. Personally, just a little thing. Uh, personally, I would have it as a state. Maybe it doesn't even have to be a written rule. But it kind of makes sense for when you're doing a draft to not have everybody up for the draft. And for this little bit of confusion, the champions just make them exempt. 
obviously, this is where a little issue called the TV state, the TV, or the, the stations, the TV owners, the I don't know what they're called in America, <laughs> the cable providers, the whatever you have for you. Those people wanted Charlotte Flair on... So Fox wanted Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. I don't know how late in the day that WWE were told this, and they just kind of had to do it. Of course, let's just swap the champions around. I guess it, it's not the best thing in the world, but it'll fix it. It's fine. It's the outside pressure issue that WWE have. Did that kind of cause suddenly champions are switching about and stuff? But personally for me, to take to kind of save time as well, so you don't have to make sure people know, oh, by the way, the SmackDown champions are going to be staying on SmackDown. Just don't put them in the draft. It's a perk of being a champion. <laughs> you don't get shifted about. Different one obviously being like the dual brand stuff. So I guess 24-7 and women's, which are technically not just one show. Uh, apart from those, just make them exempt from the draft. It's a, a nice little perk. Like, well done you, you're a champion. Yet to see you don't your career isn't possibly getting shifted about. Because they kept they kept the top champion male champions on the shows anyway. <laughs> so you just kinda of save. You don't you don't get that weird shifting about of anything. So yeah, that means there'll be no need to go, oh, Priest is staying on Raw, Nakamura staying on SmackDown, Reigns is staying on Raw, Big... Sorry, sorry, Reigns staying on SmackDown, Big East moving to Raw. Like, you don't need to do that stuff because they're exempt for whatever kind of brand they want. Like, Big E, for example, officially on Raw with this draft, but he's also exempt from any other movement whilst Reigns is solidly on SmackDown. That's what I personally do, just to simplify, if, especially if you're doing it in this boring format... The worst thing you can do is waste my time by filling it with picks of people who are the champions of the show so they were never going to move in the first place. It's just a little thing. <laughs> I really don't like this format. And it's, well, I say I really don't like. It's not because of like massive uh, negative... Uh, no, it's not because of mega, massive negative opinion to it. There are just so many different factors that make it boring. And that is the biggest crime you can commit with when you're trying to entertain. <laughs> and uh, yeah... That's exactly what more. That's exactly what this format is. It's boring, which sucks as a viewer. Anyway, Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke. Another dominant display from Baszler. Brooke, a last offering some comp, some competition, I guess, compared to the previous two. Before ultimately tapping out. We're all set up for what came next, though. After the past two weeks, week three of arm stampy stamps on the steel steps. Oh, I found that so difficult to say. <laughs> when Dewdrop jaunts on out with a little plonky, plonky, plonk music, uh, out to interrupt and save the day, Baser with a cheap shot on the back that just left the two awkwardly scowling at each other. It's like, Baser's like, hmm, yeah. It was just weird. <laughs> but personally, the actual like idea behind this, set up the pattern. Good. Did two weeks of setting up what Baser does. Break up the pattern to set a match that you want to see up. Well done. That is all solid stuff. The actual carrying on out of it was very WWE. <laughs> Just like, the idea isn't bad, but the way you then produced it and created it was a bit weird, a bit janky. Uh, which is what I'm used to. Uh, after that, another short match as Mustafa Ali and Mansoor face Humberto Cavillo and Angel Garza. Spotting the pattern. This is three matches that have been on the show, all of them short. Our baby faces out for revenge in this rematch. That flew to an almost identical air as their first uh, as their first meeting did. A quick flow to the finish as Ali gets driven into the ring post and pinned. Uh, yeah, it's not really much more to write home about, especially as later in the show, Carrillo and Gaza get kind of drafted. It's getting Carrillo and Gaza over to then move them in the draft to make it seem. Oh, look, those guys that you saw earlier that they won earlier. Yeah, they're pretty good, weren't they? They've been drafted. 
uh, it served its purpose, but all the matches on this show felt incredibly filler just of, because of how quick they were. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, you know what's next? With WWE Champion Big E waiting in the ring the entire time. It's just this production order. <laughs> it's so strange. They had Big E come out. If I'm right, they did a backstage thing when they returned, which is happens a lot. It's fine. It's not fine. I don't like it. But on this week, there's so many other things to complain about. <laughs> so then, after they do the backstage thing, then they do the draft. Then they go back to E, who's been waiting in the ring for the ad break, the draft, the backstage segment, and then they cut to him. And I'm, I'm just like, I know when I normally critique this, it's mid-card people in the ring. But for that to have now transitioned to also include the WWE champion, it's just the production tells you who's important on the show. <laughs> and if you were just watching this show, the fact that they just let the guy wait in the ring, like you don't present your champion that way. <laughs> it's just, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? The actual segment itself is fine. Because that's what I'll be next after I talk with the next round of draft. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, AJ Styles and Omos were Raw's first pick. Like, yeah, makes sense. Uh, going for the Raw tag titles at Crown Jewel. I'm happy to not have another match where the guys on the other show so we know they're not losing. I say that, when it gets to the Bobby Lashley Goldberg thing, I just, I just started ribbing on myself in my notes. Like, why am I what, like why am I putting myself through this? I'm not going to watch Crown Jewel. <laughs> why do I sit through this? Ah, uh, glutton for punishment. So yeah, Age of Styles and Omos, and Kevin Owens one like more. Then for SmackDown, Shayna Baszler and Jaya Lee. For me personally, not a bad setup for Shayna Baszler. The badass she gets to fight Dewdrop as they as somebody she should be beating, but could maybe also give some momentum to. Like Dewdrop's in a place where if she starts proving herself against against the the the, the rising badass wrestler, she doesn't have to win, but she can gain a lot of momentum even in loss if she shows a good footing. So yeah. And the Jaya Lee Smackdown the, and the NXT call-up. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the NXT call-ups have been ones where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Vish Holland was a question. <laughs> we'll get to his bracket. But the, the most of the others, like, yeah, they're bringing something new and interesting to the show. I'm not going to criticise that. Not going to criticise that. Anyway, the, the Big E segment I was talking about. So, he's set to be a raw man without Woods and uh, Kofi again. Uh, just immediate thing, you can, it was, again, it was established that you can draft a stable, so why don't you just draft the New Day? <laughs> it's just an immediate question. Well, why not? Hit Row were drafted, so it has been established that you can do that, but instead, no, singles guy and the uh, tag team separately. Anyway, all hyped up is Big E to run as WWE Champion, and he calls out the sword-pointing man from last week. Uh, it's a Drew Day, yes it is. When he said that, it was just a smattering light reaction, and I do applaud the audience. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't, don't feed to that. <laughs> if it was crap, if it's a crap joke, it's fine. Like they're not all winners. Uh, McIntyre is out there to shake his hand, show his respect, and challenge him for his title. Yes, good stuff. Also, this segment led into a character motivation that I can't help but like not applause. Rude and Ziggler, the Diddy Dogs. Uh, Teddy longing a quickly wee tag match here. But the actual words beforehand had something to them. Like Ziggler saying that he should be thanked. Like, without DZ, there's no biggie. Not forgetting, he also gave McIntyre his opportunity upon his return. And it's like, yeah. Suddenly, like, Ziggler, that, that, he's right. Like, with those two careers, both on this kind of, uh, especially upon his return with McIntyre, 
and he gave Big E's start in the, on the main roster as well. Like Ziggler is the guy that gave them that opportunity, which they have run with afterwards. Like they should be thanking him, but because the heel has said it, it's it's still doing everything. The heel's just saying words, and then the, if meant to be, well, then the the goodies just then beat him up. Is that fine? It doesn't really matter what he says. <laughs> He's making good points though. <laughs> Uh, well, the, and I will say the bit I did like as well. I I can't lie. Uh, no one calls Raw. No, nobody calls Bobby Roode it. But don't you disrespect Big Bob? <laughs> All Ziggy wants is a simple thank you. Technically, Ian McIntyre gave him a response, just in the form of an ass whooping. Yeah, the Scotsman caught in the hype as he has none of Drew calling himself Big D, but we're locked in. We're locked in. Commentator's going to repeat it. We are locked into these names for this match. <laughs> so it's Big E and Big D versus DZ and Big Bob. The match itself, like, I also want to say, it's not too far a stretch for modern day WWE to actually feature a stable with names like that. <laughs> it's just, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Big E, Big D, DZ, and Big Bob. <laughs> Who were they? They're the tweenies. <laughs> that's, a, oh, that's a, what, 90s kids TV show reference? Anyway, a nice dynamic with Ziggler tagging with his current partner to face two of his exes. Swagger was another one. I swear there must be somebody else I'm forgetting like, who Ziggler has teamed with as like a proper tag team partner. Another quick-paced Teddy match as the action quickly charges for first to final act in a blink. A Big E set for the big ending when McIntyre tagged himself in and Big E just drops the guy. So I'm not a legal man anymore. <laughs> it just drops him. Uh, McIntyre tags himself in to nail the claymore on Ziggles. Uh, Rude then gets back in and eats an ending after the match to give both our champion and contender their moment. E agreeing to face Drew afterwards at Crown Jewel. Uh, it kind of like serves his purpose. The match gets through quickly. Um, making time for what? Just continuous segments that don't feel like they're adding anything. <laughs> and the draft that's just delivered really boringly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, during the Veggie 24-7 bit, which to him flipping about backstage, uh, avoiding Mavericks Mavericks, he then uh, kind of bumps into Apollo Crews and just runs on by. And Apollo Crews is just, with a quick quip, just saying to uh, Aziz, he's like, I told you, it'll be something special getting drafted in Monday Night Raw. Or something along those lines. I'm just meeting. I was like, "Wait, is that, how does Cruz? Did Cruz get himself? I'm completely not following someone here. Like, can he? Did he choose what brand he wanted to be up? <laughs> Where's this come from? Was this announced on the SmackDown talky thing? Smack Talk, that's what it's called. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I assumed it was genuine because you know WWE be doing whatever. But if there was a reason this was set up and I just missed it, I don't watch Smack Talk. I'm covering the G1 climax. I don't have time <laughs> to watch anything." Of the appendages. Instead <laughs> of time. Anyway, Kevin Owens. He was out next. Uh, is Kevin Owens really bang in the middle of his Ambrose end of contract run? Because this, this booking on SmackDown beforehand and here on Raw absolutely screams of it. Uh, Akira Tozawa interrupting to a second ass whooping in a row. This time, stunner to the man who turned around to challenge Reggie to a match that was never going to happen. Like, I'm challenging Reggie. Uh, Kev just stuns him and leaves instead of stunning him and then delivering his promo <laughs> or saying what he's going to say it's like you know what nah it's fine I'll just leave I'll just leave uh, with nobody but for the first time after that for the first time in the show with nobody waiting in the ring waiting for nothing <laughs> it's draft time uh, yeah Monday Night Raw Street Profits and Finn Balor Smackdown Viking Raiders and Ricochet uh, two are three people are now on the red one, and three people are now on the blue one. So if you're that doesn't make you excited, you can set. So at this point of the show, I'm like, yeah, cool. 
as the commentators are going, oh my god, it's Finn Balor, and they and they in the show they played a Finn Balor, Finn Balor uh, VTR, and <laughs> I'm just like, I have got no excitement for this. You're just like now you're fe- featuring the same guy in the same way, just on a different color. Why would I care? <laughs> I just don't care. Uh, yeah, just yeah. The, the commentators did their best to make me feel excited about each and every pick, but I just don't care. Adam Pearce going, wow, with his face. He's like, well, it's Finn Balor. <laughs> but he did it with every single pick, and it kind of loses a bit of its kind of effect. <laughs> do that every time. Uh, anyway, on to the Women's Tag Team Championship match, with the crowd did not care for when was announced and didn't care for when was happening. Uh, Nikki Ash and Ray Ripley versus Natalia and Tamina. Uh, yeah, another quick Monday Night rematch. It's time for another dip dive. Uh, in the end, Ripley nailing the riptide onto Mina before hoisting Nikki up on her shoulders to splash her down. Again, this was another quick match. I mean, there's nothing for me to comment on here. They put the title on the line to give a match a bit of oomph. And a, they put the title on the line, it's got, it, it's got a bit of meaning to the match. Yeah, there's something like the stakes here. The crowd are going to get invested in it because the stakes on the line. I'm like, yeah, but... They're not, though. <laughs> this, again, it's a standard type of booking they do all the time, but they're trying to add a bit of uh, kind of sh- sh- shazam to it. A bit of, I can't think of the bloody word, like spa! <laughs> a bit of jazz hands to it. But that doesn't mean anything. Like, suddenly, putting out your jazz hands where you're playing the same notes the exact same way, it doesn't really do much. <laughs> you got to actually musically go somewhere <laughs> instead of doing the same thing. Uh, anyway, it's time for round five of the draft. Karen Cross to Raw, Alexa Bliss to Raw, and to SmackDown, Garza Cavillo and Cesaro. As we're saying, Garza Cavillo's win to set them up getting drafted, uh, and Karen Cross not featured on the show, which I'm perfectly fine with, because as I said, I perfectly, I personally would have held off featuring him at all until the draft, and if the draft isn't taking effect till October 22nd, just keep it on promos. Just wait, even though he's officially Raw, I want to forget what he dresses like <laughs> when he enters the ring. He keeps cutting promos. I'm seeing him be like that and not like he is when he walks out to the ring. Because the moment that happens, I am just out. I'm gone. I, I'm, I'm disinvested. De-invested. Not a word. I'll go with it. Uh, yeah, Alexa Bliss as well. I haven't seen her since uh, Extreme Rules. Probably won't for a little while. It's fine though. Uh, Cesaro, Gaza and Carrillo. Uh, that's two teams that are a bit more interesting where Cesaro is just the, the mid-card workhorse of the kind of modern generation of SmackDown. So him staying on SmackDown just leaves him in that role. And Gaz and Carrillo, a new heel team to kind of flesh out the SmackDown division. Especially as he did lose the Dirty Dogs. So it makes sense to move him some more baddies just to replace him. So yeah. All right, then the face-to-face. Goldberg and Bobberly Lashley. Oh, it's time to build to Crown Jewel. The show. I've no plan on watching. But I'm sitting through this build regardless. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> Why am I watching a build for a match I'm not going to watch? Ah, because I do these bloody reviews. Uh, Goldberg wants a match with Lashes. Uh, the real Big Bob agrees, but only if it's no holds barred. Uh, Bobby asking the... It's a funny moment where he was saying that, and Goldberg kind of falling to his knees, because that's what he's meant to be doing before Bobby Lashley has actually finished what he's saying. <laughs> it's just like, uh, so don't forget, Goldie, I've got to put across that your son's going to be involved here, but you've dropped to your knees early, because that's your... Like, me saying no holds barred was your kind of mark, to then drop to your knees. It was a bit all over. Anyway, Bobby asking the question of what Goldie would do if he would jump from behind. When the Hurt Business attacks! Uh, so happy to see that that just wasn't for one night. And of course they were drafted the same show as well. Not as one group, 
which I don't know why he wouldn't, but anyway. Uh, now to see if it lasts for more than one feud. That's the next step with WWE. If it lasts past a week, does it last past three or four, whenever the next thing is? Uh, but anyway, Bill destroys the business, boys, as <laughs> we get our answer. Uh, yeah, after that we got the promo. Uh, it, it sets it up fine, but I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't kind of skim through it rather than properly watching it. <laughs> if I wasn't doing this review, I probably would have just skipped it. If I wasn't watching this show, well, it's, a, it's a draft show. I probably would have. <laughs> I know me. I know what draws me in. Even if it's boringly delivered, I will watch a draft show. <laughs> I know me. I'll criticise it afterwards, but I'll bloody watch it. Uh, yeah, it set up the match fine. Yeah, keeps Bobby away from the champion as well for a bit as he sets it up, which again is also fine. Even though the crown, the Saudi Arabia shows are, or the mystery place, which they never promote the name of anymore for no reason. But the, um, it's in its own weird bubble where quite often storylines would just stop and they build to the show and then the world would just continue afterwards as if the show was just its own weird bubble. But on this show, they are integrating ongoing stuff a lot heavier. Which is a positive. If you are somebody who watches the shows, this is a positive. Where it's not a bubble show that doesn't really mean much anymore. Uh, weirdly, there's the hyping of the two King of the Ring and the Queen's something. Which are being kind of amped up for... Um, I thought for Sound of Raven, but there's been no mention of them. And the show's in like two weeks. <laughs> so uh, when, is, uh, when is this Queen and King of the Ring tournament meant to be happening? Because I've not heard a word, not heard a peep. What, what's, what's happening with these shows? Not that it really matters to me. It's questions I'm asking about a show I'm not even watching. It's just <laughs> I've seen things hyped. It's like, when is this meant to be happening? There's only two wars left. I don't quite understand. Anyway, after that said, Seth said the word shit. Let's move on. <laughs> New Day versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, yeah, a match pairing we used to see all of the time back in the opening months of the year. Turns out. It's still, still, still a yeah, strong pair, still a strong one. But it's another quick one with not much to write home about. Uh, Woods with the awesome springboard elbow drop. I still love that move. Uh, screaming, crown me, crown me into the camera. <laughs> that, so that's kind of just that, that link to the King of the Ring. There has been no announcements on the telly box and there's been no hype on air either of the telly shows. <laughs> and you've only got two wars left and it's the actual crown jewel. Are you going to crown anything? <laughs> just screaming crown me into the camera it did make me laugh uh, when out jogged the street profits to congratulate the two I'm like hmm this is angle sounding <laughs> it's the way this is uh, they want the smoke drinks all round no turn of anything New Day gonna pop over to Smackdown and for these next two weeks just get a nice little uh, drink and dance just a little drink and dance segue into the Finn Balor promo video <laughs> it's like oh okay then that was weird <laughs> I guess just let us know that Street Profits back on Raw. Show them interacting for this little rare kind of window where there's the crossover before the people are officially on places, but you've still got people appearing on the show before they're meant to be on the show. You've got Bianca saying, you don't even go here. And like, uh, no, no, the draft doesn't take place for another two weeks. We were told this multiple times by Adam Pearce. The draft doesn't actually take effect, as in the actual picks, doesn't take effect until October 22nd. So Bianca going, you don't even go here. And I'm like, yes, she does. <laughs> For another two weeks, she does go here. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, as in, this is not me overthinking it. They've just told me this on this show multiple times. <laughs> this, on the, its own show can't keep continuity, which is why I like the Ziggler promo so much, because it needed it was about, it involved continuity and the world being a thing that continues and exists. 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Randy Orton's challenge to Omos. Orton's uh, challenge for the tall man feeling different with Omos re so rarely wrestling singles matches, but it's still your standard run-of-the-mill tag feud build. Like, challengers win the tag match, then you do a singles match, then the other singles match. But I am so glad that they held off. Just creates a little bit of intrigue. A full-on tease of that said match. It's a more interesting way to do the same thing. <laughs> I guess it's a way to explain it. At the heels giving no answer, but the hints of a no were there. Uh, so no messing around from Randy, who's right into the attack. Omos unable to stop RK-Bro, and Styles ate an RKO before the Viper slithered away. But yeah, decent setup to a little, little tag thing. Even though, as again, technically, it's the same way they book all the time, but they've spent a week to kind of hold off a little bit and then go into the next step they, were, they always go into. <laughs> so positives. I call that a positive. The bar for Roy is so low. That is a positive for me. That is an up. That's a Simon Miller up. <laughs> That's that. Anyway, final draft time. And in my head, I'm just thinking, have they saved a big one that I just cannot think about? Are they going to draft a big name from NXT? Or for somewhere that I'm just completely forgetting about for this final draft round? This is where you could hear the tiredness from the crowd as the heckles were enforced for this final draft section. Just, I, I didn't make out anything that they were yelling, but the fact that there were multiple sections of people just heckling <laughs> Adam Pearce and Sonny Deville. It's like, yeah, this format isn't even entertaining for the people in the building. Who is it for? Who is it for? Anyway, Raw drafts Carmella and... Gable Stevenson, <laughs> okay. Uh, Smackdown drafting Ridge Holland and uh, Sami Zayn. So, uh, so, so it's a it's a standard pick and then a surprising pick. Uh, Carmella gets to be with her partner again. Like, yeah, couples back together. <laughs> Why are you breaking them up, you evil people? Sami Zayn saying on Smackdown, perfectly fine. He's got his thing with Dominic Mysterio, who's been drafted to Raw. Just remembered about that. Uh, Smackdown, they've got Ridge Holland, which is interesting. I don't know if that's a little just to help sell the new NXT. They're going to call up one of the big guys from NXT. And with Ridge Holland being in NXT just that a little bit longer, he's one of the more ready ones. As it Like they, like they got the call of, give us the most ready of this certain generations. And this is like, well, there's only one that was on the telly beforehand from this new copper lad you got. So guess it's got to be him. <laughs> we'll see. He's the guy who got massive who chance. And... Yeah, he's, he's not been on NXT that long. Or Technically, time-wise, he's been on NXT a while, but he had a really bad injury. Came back from it, was looking decent on NXT 2.0 uh, from the one episode I watched. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's weird that he came up because Pete Dunne screams the other talent, but Rich Holland and Dunne together was kind of working. So it's weird that they just called up Holland. Like, again, if they don't want Dunne, they could call up, maybe call up Dunne with Holland. I don't know. Dunn doesn't scream a Vince McMahon guy, even though he's extremely talented. Uh, it's one of those cases. One of those cases. Anyway, interesting call-ups, I'll call that. And they showed Gil Stevenson's, like, parents all hugging him. And like, oh, well done, guy, well done. It's like, uh, yeah, but that's weird. <laughs> you can see the reaction live in their home. It's like, congratulations for this thing we already knew. <laughs> it seems to be the kind of awe in the room. Uh, where everybody else was meant to be, like, a shock and surprise they got drafted. That's his reaction when his draft was announced. Oh, it was them going, yeah, we've been told to hug, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> it's not quite the same. Uh, anyway, then on to the main event. The draft was over. The draft was fine. I'll, get to the, I'll do my wrap-up with the additional uh, picks at the end. But Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair main evented. Uh, I did see this called a hot shot. Kind of like hot shot there into the main event. 
it's fitting the current theme of giving away massive matches on free TV, but mostly without any finishes or really giving it away. It's more of a taste of what the match could be. But then it also falls into rematch territory because he did the match with a screw finish and did the same match again later down the line. Breath over. <laughs> so, Becky Lynch was on commentary. This is where she was just letting us know that we should say thank you for her instigating this main event, which then her motivations at the end are struggling to kind of piece together because why would she want to attack one and not just let the two continue to beat each other up? Doesn't make As in, the costing of the match doesn't make sense because surely Becky wants both of them to beat each other up. So why does it matter who wins? Just let them beat each other up. The interference makes no sense <laughs> other than to set up the Sasha Banks interference at the end as well. Uh, anyway, the match itself. Our one match of the night to receive some time as Raw's like, run of strong main events continues. Like No matter the quality of the rest of the show, the main events have continued to be strong for this little while. Plenty of countering and last minute escapes in the end. I really enjoy the ending sequences. I really am all for Charlotte Flair taking Andrade's double moonsault because Charlotte Flair does the moonsault just so well and that's her move. So when somebody rolls out the way, it's like, oh, the moonsault. Oh, wait, no, she's Andrade thing. It's, like, it's, it's that double reaction from me. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, second time was the charm in hitting Be in Belair hitting the KOD. Uh, but Becky was there to drag her out and cause the DQ non-finish number 72, I think, of the year. Uh, attacking the last before, I'm blue, Davide, Davide, Shasta Banks leaves them both laying. A hot closing to the show for the crowd after a strong telly bout from uh, Bianca and Charlotte. They showed us and teased us a strong wrestling match. And then had an interference screwy ending because Becky being there told us that would happen. Just her physically being there, we've been set up, which happens every time she's there. So of course it's going to happen again. And it did. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's 10 minutes of a good match that led to nothing. Which is exactly what you're expecting. <laughs> but the whole point is to build to the triple threat at Crown Jewel. I don't know how that's going to go. But this didn't excite me. It hurt this entire thing. Like they're spinning the wheels. Keeping Becky champion until it's big season time. It's like, uh, I'm going to struggle to get into the matches then. Jeremy get, going to struggle. Like with the Roman Reigns thing. This is the season where people start to say that they're tired of a champion. It's like, oh, I just want them to change the championship time. Da, da, da. Because you, they know they're just spinning the wheel, so it's difficult to get invested in those matches. Or like with Finn Balor, they build up a competitor so strong to make you try and make you convince you that he could beat Roman Reigns that he generally has to be stopped by God. <laughs> he needs an act from God to stop him. That that tells me you're having to build up the competitors a little bit too much, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, the range, uh, range vein has showed me that they can do it relatively well, so that's my little hope. Uh, but maybe just don't have to have Becky on commentary as consistently because we, we've reached that point now where we know what it means. Uh, so you, just kind of, you can skip through the match. You can stop watching because you know what's going to happen. But the match itself was solid. What they gave us, what they teased us. But they're both on SmackDown, so we're going to get that match again. It's, it's the main issue there. Uh, anyway, additional draft picks. Let's just get to it. To the end. Uh, the Miz, Liv Morgan, Tegan Knox, Dirty Dogs, Tamina, Mia Yim, Dana Brooke, Alexander and Benjamin, Via and Jackson, Riker, all drafted to Raw. I did not see any mention of John Morrison. I don't know if John Morrison was drafted on the uh, Smack Talk, which he probably was. That makes a lot of sense. But a split up some tag teams. Why would you draft Via when uh, on SmackDown they drafted Shotzi, Natalia, and then Jinder Mahal and Shanky? Why would you draft Jinder Mahal and Shanky without Via? Even if you plan to release him. 
just like, why would he do that? Because <laughs> Jinval and Shanky, we've already established he can draft a stable. They are a trio, an established trio. Why would you not draft them together? <laughs> it makes no sense to me. No sense. They did, they did do Mahal and Shanky together. Why didn't they do Veer? That's weird. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, Shotzi without Knox. Strange. Uh, even I called her Tiga Knox in the description. Is she just Knox when she's by herself as well? Uh, Natalia without Tamina. Or Tamina without Natalia is even weirder, but it's still strange. Still strange. But yeah. They were picks. You're in the red one now. Ah, oh, but this one's in the blue one. Ooh. You generate your own hype. <laughs> That's my main problem with this. In terms of the delivery of it, it requires you to create your own hype about it. For you to go, oh, that might be exciting. Oh, that might be interesting. But the thing itself, the delivery of it, isn't. There is no generated hype, really. But it's minimal. It's so low that most of the hype is generated by you, by people talking on social media, by just doing the, oh, that person's going there. They could, they could face this one. They could face that one. Compared to the excitement of somebody walking out and you see that immediate impact. Like, again, when I was growing up with wrestling, it was in that era in like 2006 where they would have the rotating pictures of who's getting drafted, who's getting drafted, and they would do, boo, and it would show you on the screen, like, John Cena's going to war. They didn't do that. That's, that's not an example that happened, but <laughs> they'll, they'll have that. And then you see that person who you've seen next to the red, you see them next to the blue logo. Then their music hits and they come out and you see them on the show now. It's like, oh, it's, it's immediate. That's the thing that's missing here. It's not, oh, well, it's one of the many things. <laughs> uh, it's, this is not a problem of the one thing equals a bad thing. There's so many reasons it doesn't quite work. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was, that's, that's my review of the draft. There are, yeah, it's boring and there are so many reasons why it doesn't work. That is my review of the 2021 draft, which is pretty much word-for-word word identical with my review of the 2020 draft. Aside from the fact that they didn't, they only transferred like one active storyline over, which is a major plus. Last year, you could predict the next one being announced because it was just going to be their sto- the person they were in a storyline with. That was a crap draft <laughs> last year. <laughs> really was not a fan of the draft last year. But this time, then, and they didn't even do the Reigns Seth Rollins match we're teasing the entire time. <laughs> it's like, ugh, that's a weird one. Unless they're still maybe planning it somewhere, who knows? But it's a bit weird <laughs> the way they tease that. Like that is the match SmackDown could, were left to build to. Like Seth Rollins' entire feud with Edge was all about hit Seth Rollins being next in line to face Roman Reigns. So it's weird that he's not pissed at all to be on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so ah, I'll face Big E now. Like cool, but like your character motivation the past little past few months has been all directed about like your next and universal title. But that but yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Just don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, I need to wrap up. <laughs> but yeah, that that is my kind of review of the draft. How was it? Was it any good? It was delivered boringly, and it wasn't paired with like any excitement. It's just such a crap waste. And, and it just brings up so many questions. <laughs> and you realise it's not just one thing why this doesn't work. It's like multiple reasons. And they kind of rear their head one by one throughout the show. But yeah. It's one of those drafts. <laughs> it's one of those drafts. But what did you make of the draft? Are you actually excited by anything that's been announced here? Uh, personally, for me, the gap, the, the fact that there isn't any immediacy is also one of the other problems. <laughs> it's just going to wait. It's, you've got two more roars until these changes then come in and they can hype it up again going this is the role where the draft comes into effect 
So they get the like, like additional. I guess it's trying to be additional momentum and buzz. But they go straight into Survivor Series. Like, why not do the draft then? Then, why not do the draft of the Crown Jewel? <laughs> if the draft doesn't kick into effect till after Crown Jewel, why are you doing it earlier? Is if, if that is your reason? If your reason is we can't have the draft too close to the Survivor Series, but it doesn't come into effect until that date. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Uh, anyway. I'll be back on Thursday to review a great wrestling show in the uh, AEW Dynamite and two-year anniversary. Uh, um, it's just, yeah, it's just easy. I just put it on and it's just a fun little time. And then talk about having a fun little time. And it's fun to do the review. Yeah, I giggle over this, but a lot of it's in pain. <laughs> it's the short straw of reviewing Monday Night Raw. Uh, anyway... What do you make of all? What do you make of the draft or the picks or whatever? Uh, yeah, let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter at the damn implicat. The damn damn. You can follow. Uh, there's Twitch with the implications. I've tried to get back into it. My life is so incredibly busy, but I do. I am trying to get back into streaming that. Also, wrestling headlines itself uh, on Twitter at Russell Headlines. That's wrestle without an e. And over on Facebook at Wrestling Headlines. Thank God Facebook isn't gone forever. <laughs> A massive source of traffic on my site. And WrestlingHeadlines.com for your latest news and watching the job. Anyway, I have been Matt May, a.k.a. Imp. Also, G1 Climax. Nearly forgot. I'm currently reviewing the uh, G1 Climax with a weekly top five and uh, plus our top three MP- MVPs of the week. I'm writing the column with Jeremy Donovan from the Keeping It Strong Style podcast. And that's getting uploaded. That column is going up on the Wrestling Headlines website uh, every week. The latest one went up yesterday. Uh, I'm the one posting it. It's, it's got pretty pictures. If you like pictures. <laughs> Uh, and well, that's the draw in the modern day. <laughs> you got all those pretty pictures. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, that got posted yesterday. If you want to go and check that out, week one is also available as well. And with that, I say thank you for watching, liking, engaging in any form and any manner. Always appreciated, never taken for granted. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>